Hello, this is Spotlight on Lead Poisoning brought to you by Southern United Neighborhoods, a nonprofit committed to environmental, social, and economic justice for low-income and working families. For more information, please visit our website at southernunitedneighborhoods.org or give us a call at 1-800-239-7379. My name is Marie. This is my conversation with somebody that was poisoned on the job. You've been living in New Orleans how long? About 19 years. And how did you first learn about lead poisoning, or what was your first experience with lead poisoning? Uh, A couple of guys from the shop I was working in went to a church health fair and got fingerprint fingerprint lead tests. And then uh, next thing you know, OSHA showed up at our shop. Oh, yeah, the tests came back positive? Yeah, they came back really high. And um, what did OSHA do when they came by? Uh, basically, they uh, they looked around the shop and uh, put a air sampling device on one of our guys while they worked and then sent the sample off and had it tested, and it came back with a high concentration of lead in the dust in the air. Yeah. So what kind of work were you guys doing over there? We were working in a salvage mill shop attached to a chemical stripping operation where we would refurbish antique cypress doors, windows, and shutters. Okay. So you're... um sanding off a lot of lead paint? No, we weren't sanding any lead paint. All of the lead paint came off in the strip tank, but it turns out that when you strip the paint off of the wood, the grain of the wood itself has absorbed a lot of the heavy metals. So when you sand salvaged wood that's been stripped, you're actually releasing a very, very fine dust that is totally permeated in heavy metals, and because it's so fine, it's much more readily absorbable than um, than if you were to straight up eat a paint chip. Yeah. So basically, this lead and heavy metal dust, uh, we were breathing it in, and it was going in our sinuses and our, our lungs and our, our stomachs and... Yeah, it just um, gets all over your body, right? Yeah, and then it absorbs into your bones. Did you feel any effects from that yourself? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize what it was from, but the whole time I was working there, I was always really sore. My joints would hurt. I would get infections that would get really bad really fast. Um, I'd often have a headache, uh, muscle cramps, stuff like that. Um, did OSHA give you any advice on what should be done? Uh, no, not really. OSHA just said that um, we needed to wear masks, and um, they didn't offer us any advice on medical treatment or anything like that. They just wanted to, they just said, stop making dust. <laughs> Which is impossible in that well, Yeah, time. and we also... We also, we also wanted to keep our jobs. Yeah, you know. it's a difficult situation because if you say you want something to be
be done about it, they're just going to let you go, right? Well, no, OSHA came by and uh, did more air testing, and basically the boss's solution was to have us not do anything that makes dust while we were being tested. Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as they left, we'd be right back. So they never, did OSHA suggest what could be done at the site to remediate it or make it better or safer? Um, they said install dust collection, which didn't happen, and um, wear dust masks, and uh, they gave us, they, they made the boss come up with a, a site safety protocol, uh, which they paid a lot of money for, and the instructions were basically, uh, don't wear your work clothes home, and uh, clean yourself with uh, a lead-removing paint before you go home. Um, and that was pretty much all of their advice uh, was from this report that the boss had to pay for. Um, what do you think should have been done? Uh, now that I'm gone from there and I, I'm in a different line of work, I, I think the, the solution would be to strip salvage millwork and not really reuse it at all. Um, because it's just not safe to. Yeah, it's very popular, though. I see a lot of people decorate their homes with old salvage material. They'll put it up as a decoration. Yeah, and then I've seen that, too. Um, I've installed a lot of salvage millwork in homes, and um, people, they, they don't encapsulate the material properly. So... If you don't use a very special paint called lead stop paint, um, it's not encapsulated. Regular paint won't encapsulate lead from painted or stripped surfaces. It'll leach right through it. Uh, so if you have a child or a dog or even yourself, just touching it, it gets on your hands. Yeah, and um, when you go to some place like the Green Project where they have all those doors and windows. Oh, and then, well, there, that place is particularly bad because it they don't strip anything, and it's just flaking off right on the floor. I mean... Yeah, it's, like, all of, very horrifying to walk in there. All of the dust in that place is, is very, very toxic. Um, just like all the dust in all the salvage places is really toxic. But the Green Project dust is less toxic than the ones from the retail stores around here because, well, it's not stripped, so it's bigger particles yeah. of paint. Yeah. It's, it's harder to breathe it in. At and, least you can you know, see it, right? Yeah, at least you can see it. Um, did you, you yourself try to get treatment, like go to the doctor to see what yeah, could be done? My primary care doctor uh, didn't really have any suggestions other than to get away from the lead, um, which I did. And then um, after that, after a year, I was still testing high. Um, wow, that's a long time. And it turned out that I had absorbed so much lead that it was, it had been absorbed into my bones and it was leaching back out into my blood. Um, so, yeah, because as we get older, that's what happens. Your bones leach it back out. 
So I was able to find a doctor in Metairie at the time who was offering EDTA chelation therapy, which I learned about on the internet. Uh -huh. um, and I was able to go to him for about six months before he got uh, sick and went out of business. And then I found another doctor, uh, which is the last doctor in town that's offering uh, that therapy. But you have to pay for it out of pocket. Your insurance won't cover it under any circumstances. Um, what was the treatment like? The chelation? Uh, was it they, hard? They a, no, they, they fill a big bag full of EDTA and it's diluted in, you know, saline and they hook you up to an IV and you sit there for 45 minutes while it goes into you and then you pass it out. Um, so the EDTA, it, 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 it attracts the heavy metals and then it helps you pass it out through your kidneys and then your urine. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel like it was working? Yeah, I, after, after about three months of treatment, I started to feel a lot better. Um, the, the, the aches and pains went away and the headaches went away and I wasn't getting sick so often. Um, and I continued the treatment for about 12 months total. Uh, it cost a, a lot of money. I was going three times a month at $200 a session. Yeah, that's a lot. And so it's, that's definitely something insurance needs to pay just because of the long-term health effects of lead poisoning. It's not something that goes away on its own. Yeah, occupational exposure is probably a lot higher than what regular people uh, get exposed to. But uh, there's been a lot of demonization of EDTA, chelation, um, because some health doctors tried to push it as a cure for heart disease and Alzheimer's and other things it wasn't proven for. And it seems like because of that, it's been demonized as some kooky health um, thing. And a lot of, it's hard to find people that do that, I think, because insurance doesn't cover it, right? So a lot yeah. of doctors don't bother. You're stuck with a wellness doctor, um, uh, which isn't really a bad thing. I mean, my doctor is pretty good, and um, they're, they're really convenient. I mean, you just call them up in the morning and say, I'd like to get EDTA this afternoon, and, uh, and you'll be good to go. And so how did you learn everything that you know about lead poisoning? You had to just research on your own to find out what to do for yourself? Yeah, it was a combination of researching online and asking the managers of several shops around town that have experienced the same thing, um, what, what they were doing and what worked and what didn't. And um, are you still feeling the effects now? Do yeah. you feel like it's better or? I maintain a, a lead level of five right now. Like even though I'm not being exposed, it's still coming out of my bones and in my blood. So I still go and get EDTA once a month. Uh -huh. um, and I, I can feel it towards the time when it's about three weeks away from my last treatment. Um, I started so to get... It's taking a really long time. 
Yeah, it's it, it could it could take years years more, and I, I still not, might not be rid of it all. And so, what would you advice be for workers getting into that industry? Not um, to. Yeah. Well, first of all, don't. Um, secondly, you need to buy a good quality respirator and clean it daily. Um, regular soap doesn't remove lead or heavy metals. You have to buy a special soap called D-Lead. Um, and you shouldn't wear the same clothes from work into your home. And you shouldn't wash those clothes in your own washer um, because it will contaminate all the other clothes that you wash with it. Mm -hmm. um, you definitely shouldn't even wear your shoes in the house. But um, other, other advice is find out where to buy lead stop paint. And when people ask you to encapsulate uh, old painted surfaces, insist on using that. Um, never ever cut or sand salvaged material uh, that's been chemically stripped. Um, there's more. I could go on. I could go on pretty long. Well, is that a big industry here in town? The um, salvage mill work. No, it's really just. Uh, Maybe about a hundred trim carpenters around the city that are installing it. Um, they 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 sell a lot of it to other states um, like Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Texas. A lot of it gets stripped and then refurbished and sold to people doing houses in other cities. Um, and are people um, and it's pretty much unregulated. Would you say a lot of the uh, operations? Oh yeah, it's completely unregulated. Uh, for instance, the chemical stripping operations in town—they dump their their chemically laden they they dump their heavy metal laden lye directly into the city treatment plant. Um, they're totally unsupervised by the sewage and water board. They never get inspections or anything like that. Um, they. They don't have any warning signs on the entrance of the buildings warning people that the dust in the air is toxic. Uh, there's no warning about that the material is unsafe to cut or sand. Um, there's nobody that comes around to check any of it. I'm sure if you check the soil around any of these places, it's totally permeated. But then again, most of the soil around New Orleans is full of heavy metals. Yeah. So it's just contributing to a problem because we already have lead in our water. So now other heavy metals and chemicals are going into our water. It goes to the treatment plant, but how well it gets treated, we don't really know. Uh, I'm sure it costs some extra. Uh, that, that cost gets pushed, you know, down the line. Yeah, because our sewage system is very old. Yes. And um, do you, so you, we already were advising people to have install water filters just because of the lead in their water, but maybe even stronger filters are needed. Yeah, and if you can't afford a reverse osmosis system, which is pretty expensive, your average Brita or pure, like, small-scale filter isn't really 
effective because the filter gets filled up so fast. Uh -huh. um, so what I would suggest is getting a big Berkey water filter. Um, it's got a, you can get them in different sizes, but they, they've got bigger capacity and larger filters that last longer. Um, and then clean out heavy metals and PFAs. And um, I think we all, you always hear about lead poisoning affecting children, and I think it's important your story um, shows how adults are equally affected by lead poisoning, well, especially on the job. Well, so once once I started finding about finding out about my lead poisoning, um, we had our kids tested, and theirs came up pretty high. They were at a seven, and it was it was pretty pretty scary. So I started taking as many precautions as I could to stop their exposure. Um, we stopped wearing our shoes in the house. We started using lead. Uh, D-lead soap to clean their hands and bought these lead-removing wipes, um, other things like that. But what was really concerning was at the time, uh, Marky Park in the Bywater uh, had had the soil tested and it came up really high. So all the dirt that they had been playing in at this park was also full of lead. Um, and then they remediated that. Um, but then just a few weeks after they had spent $600,000, you know, redoing this park and remediating it for lead, uh, sure enough, the guy right across the street started dry sanding, dry sanding the lead paint off his house. Yeah. And there was nothing we could do to stop him because it was Friday and we called the building permits and they said they were going to send somebody out, and he came by at like 3 in the afternoon when most of the work had been done and told them to stop and that they needed to clean it up and put up a tarp to, to block the dust from going everywhere. Um, but they started right up again the next day, which was a Saturday, and there was nobody on duty to stop them. Um, yeah. It would have really helped because the paint chips were already everywhere, and they were blowing around, and... Uh, I'm sure they're still in the neighborhood, and anytime anybody picks up a leaf blower and starts blowing dust around, it's getting circulated everywhere. Yeah, and there's actually a dry sanding ordinance where you're not supposed to do that in New Orleans, but it's not enforced. And the city right. barely understands, you know, when you call them, what you're talking about. Yeah, and honestly, they, they really seem like they don't care. Yeah. But there's a much easier and safer way to do it. I mean, most of the time when you're removing lead paint from the exterior of a house, it's loose anyway. You can do it with a pressure washer. You can put down a tarp or some plastic and pressure wash the stuff right off, and then the wood's already wet, and you can scrape whatever's, you know, really stuck on there. Yeah, and it's um, actually easier to come off. Uh, it's much easier. It's less labor intensive. You get a better result, and then if there's some of it that's still stuck, I mean, it's really stuck on there. The paint hasn't failed. You can paint on top of it. And so your kids were probably poisoned through a number of factors, um, just what's going on in the neighborhood with dry sanding, but also the park. And then even at school, 
there's lead in school because a lot of the construction, commercial construction is not regulated and they don't have to necessarily um, be using lead certified workers. So well, that, that, in addition to that, when they're outside in the playground, inevitably there's somebody blowing leaves and dust around with a leaf blower. Yeah. Circulating the lead paint chips that were sanded off months or even years before, and there's nobody thinks twice about it. Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't know, unless you've personally had an experience with how bad lead poisoning is, and, how, and um, you just really don't seem to understand. Right. Until it, until it affects you personally, you really don't care. And if someone tries to force that knowledge on you, you you're, you you have an aversion to it. It's, yeah. Uh, it's just the way people are. They're, they're stubborn like that. And so, is there anything else you would suggest for parents to try to protect their kids? Yeah. Um, take your shoes off when you come in the house. Buy some D-Lead soap, and if your child's under five, wash their hands with it whenever they come in the house from playing. Um, you can get a laundry detergent that removes lead, and if you do, you know, a, a load with the D-Lead laundry detergent, then um, just a couple of loads a month will actually clean your washer out, too. Um, other things, like... Um, Bentonite clay um, can help remove it from your system. Um, there's some foods that are good to help bind with lead and, and get rid of them. Um, but because because the lead um, it'll absorb like iron. Um, if if you keep your kids on an iron rich diet, um, they'll be so full of iron they won't absorb as much lead. Um, Get, get your kids tested for lead once a year. Um, that's all I have right now. Yeah, were your, was your pediatrician regularly testing, or was it something you had to ask for? It was something we had to ask for. Because we also have a universal testing law in Louisiana where the pediatrician is supposed to automatically do it, but we find that they don't really. And it's something parents have to ask for, which can be intimidating, you know, because you're talking to the doctor and demanding something. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, if it, if it doesn't affect you and you, you haven't experienced it, you're not really likely to be stubborn about it and and push, but. Yeah, and I think sometimes the doctor is all about the insurance. Well, they have to first see if insurance, everyone's worried about whether insurance is going to cover. And when it's just a blood test, and it's very easy to do. Yeah. And since you're testing for other stuff every time you go to the doctor, what's one more thing? Exactly. Is there anything else that you would like people to know, especially living in New Orleans, about lead? Even after the paint has been stripped from old wood, it probably still contains lead and heavy metals. Uh, cutting, sanding, and stripping wood 
creates extra fine particles of heavy metals that can be absorbed more readily than straight up paint chips. Uh, regular soap will not remove heavy metals. You have to get B-lead soap. Regular paint or polyurethane will not encapsulate lead present on painted or stripped salvaged millwork or previously painted old surfaces. Uh, the salvage industry in New Orleans contributes to the lead poisoning of skilled laborers and homeowners and their children with zero oversight. Um, if you're in a salvage yard or a mill shop and there's a sweet taste in the air, that's probably lead uh, because lead tastes sweet. Um, OSHA, OSHA will not help you get treatment for lead poisoning. You're on your own for figuring out what to do. Um, once you're exposed to lead for a few years, it absorbs into your bones, and after you stop being exposed to it, it'll leach back out of your bones into your blood for years. Um, if you have lead poisoning and your, and your employer does not carry workers' compensation insurance, you should try really hard to find a lawyer that's willing to pierce the corporate veil. Um, a lot of lawyers won't go after anybody who's not insured because there's no guarantee of a big payout. Yeah, they're just worried about their money, right? Exactly. Um, lead can cause inflammation and allergic reactions from inside your body as it leaches out of your bones. Even if you're below the action level, your doctor probably won't take it into account even after you tell them about your symptoms. Um, being above the action level doesn't mean that you'll get treatment, and the only treatment available is EDTA chelation therapy, which isn't covered by insurance. Um, if your children play outside, wash them with D-lead soap when they come in. Wash your clothes with D-lead soap at least once a month. Uh, leaf blowers spread lead paint dust around, so hold your breath and try not to be around people using leaf blowers. Don't wear your shoes in the house. Um, there's nothing you can do to stop your neighbor from dry sanding their house. And um, a lot of the people that you encounter around New Orleans that seem, you know, kind of out of it or crazy or broken or useless, um, they were probably poisoned by heavy metals from a very early age. And uh, yeah. the last thing is get a Berkey water filter um, because it's definitely worth it. And um, there's really no self safe level of lead, and I think that's what people don't understand. And that even if you test under what they consider action level, you still need to take precautions and protect yourself and your health of your family and your children, right? Yeah, just because you're, just because you're below the, the action level doesn't mean it's not hurting you. Because the CDC is actually says there's no safe level of exposure. Exactly. So the tiniest bit, even when you can't see it, is a problem. And also I think what people don't understand is that the blood lead levels fluctuate. So just because you're really low one day doesn't mean you're high, not high the next day, right? Because that fluctuates in your body because it's always changing because you're always leaching it back out into your blood. And no then when being you, exposed to more of it or less yeah. of it. And so you really can't depend on that as determining what should be done, despite what some official might say. That's very true. And I think I really love your point that a lot of people that, you know, you feel like there might be something wrong with them, 
they probably just have lead exposure and are suffering from lead poisoning because it's a very serious problem around the world and especially in New Orleans where we have this older housing stock. Yeah, People dry sanding like everywhere. That area is like the, the seventh ward in Central City um, that are lower. Um, the, the runoff from the higher parts of town where people are doing renovations, the, the runoff picks up some of the, a lot of the particles and washes them down towards those areas. And then, you know, the dust gets kicked up and then people breathe it in. And then so people that are renovating their houses, um, they just need to be extra careful, right? And yeah, use contractors that know what they're doing when it comes to lead, right? Yeah, but to be honest, contractors just want to make money. They're, <laughs> they're going to find the cheapest way to do it. Um, but from a benefit standpoint, uh, it's, it's not worth it to, to sand the paint off of old siding. Uh, you're going to get a much better result if you just take off the old siding, throw it away, resheave your house with plywood, and put up a vapor barrier, and then install new hardy plank. Because you're going to have a lot less drafts, and the plywood will add strength to your walls, uh, and it'll be, it'll be better insulated, you know? Yeah. So, would you be nervous about people that buy these old blighted houses? What do you think should be done about all the blighted houses and just falling down houses that are full of lead? Well, a lot of the blighted houses that, that are still blighted, um, when I was looking for a house, I tried to buy a couple of blighted properties at tax sale. And if a place has been blighted for a while, like, Property is really in demand here, yeah. and a lot of the reasons that the place is falling to that kind of neglect is because the owner died and they had too many kids who don't get along, and nobody ever had the money or the, the willpower to file for succession. So there's no real way to gain ownership of those properties. Um, I think the city should be more, more aggressive in, in tearing them down. Um, I mean, it sounds it sounds bad because you know historic homes in New Orleans don't tear them down, but um, well, you get fun. to the point where it becomes so expensive. It's just better to tear it down because it's a hazard. Yeah, and you, ultimately, like people end up going into a house, you know, and they'll buy it for one hundred and twenty-five thousand and plan on spending a hundred. And then it turns out it's so bad they end up spending another hundred thousand bucks that they weren't planning on. Yeah. You end up with this three hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, and it's only twenty two hundred square feet. And so, is there anything that you think the city or the state should be doing on lead poisoning, or do you feel like it's just up to the individual? Well, it would be nice, you know, if we, if some of our taxes went to pay, you know, for services to keep us safer, um, like the Department of Environmental Quality or the EPA. Um, it would be nice if they could go around and test, you know, these companies mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, make sure that they're collecting all their dust and disposing of their lead sludge in a, in a proper way. But 
funding has been cut, so there's just no way. But yeah, it should be a state and, and a city responsibility to keep the citizens safe from being poisoned. But as it is right now, um, it's just poor people are on their own, um, they get poisoned, too bad, and rich people can afford water filters and, you know, to live on the high grounds. And it's, can um, afford the treatment, right? Otherwise, you can't afford, you can't afford chelation, and, so you're just screwed. And to afford the education to even think about those things. Um, but it's like it's like the old saying, you know, crap rolls downhill. Well, heavy metals wash down into the basin. Yeah. And that's where the poor neighborhoods are. And there's a lot that could be done towards prevention on the front end to prevent a lot more health problems for people down the line, right? Yeah, regular lead testing. Yeah. Teaching people, like, what kind of soap to use. Like, it was hard to even find a place to buy D-Lead soap. I, I had to order it on the Internet. You know, I can't find anywhere around here that stocks it. Like, that, that I thought was bizarre, you know. Yeah, and it also takes a lot of time, right, to research all this, and people get frustrated and give up. And then, and then encapsulating paint, like lead stop paint. Um, the website for the company that makes it says they carry it at Cheryl Williams, and I went into Cheryl Williams, and they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They just say, oh, any old paint will work, and it's, it's just not true. So, well, I appreciate you sharing your story because I think sometimes a lot of people don't want to necessarily talk about what's going on in the job and what really needs to be done. So, um, and then a lot of people, you know, just are discouraged by the whole process. But it sounds like you've been being very proactive, researching what you need to do for yourself and your family, right? Thanks. And um, that you went out and actively um, sought out this information, and I really appreciate you willing to share it for other people because I think people need to know what to do to protect themselves on the job and what to look out for, right? Because I think people don't even know that, you know, what they're doing might be exposing them to harmful Heavy metals. Oh, or even really care. There's, you know, macho culture out there, you know, and it's like caring about stuff like that makes you less of a man. Yeah. Um, yeah. People say, oh, well, you're just going to die anyway. It's like dying isn't what I'm afraid of. It's the needless suffering beforehand that I'd yeah. like to avoid. You don't want a slow, agonizing death full of compounding health problems that could have been prevented right, reducing your exposure. Yeah, and just simple things like wearing a good quality mask and cleaning it on a regular basis, uh, washing your hands with the right kind of soap. And then employers don't care because they're just like, well, we'll find somebody else to do the job and take shortcuts and stuff, and that's why we have situations that are going on in town right now, like with the hard rock and stuff, people taking shortcuts and not really protecting the workers, right? Well, yeah, that's, that's 
part of the culture is um, the people that are being hired uh, and who are undocumented, they, they don't have the training or the, the stand or, or the place to, to complain about, you know, safety and stuff like that. Like, if the Hard Rock were a union crew, if it, would, if it were a union crew working on the Hard Rock, they would have walked off the job when it became unsafe and it would have never gotten to the point where it did. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like it's all related, right? If we could try to train workers properly, treat workers with respect, have union jobs, where safety and worker safety is a priority, and workers aren't a, have protections when they do have issues on the job, right? Exactly. Because without a union, you have no protection. It's, an, it's, an, it's a right-to-work state with at-will employment. They can fire you for any reason. They can just say, we don't have any more work today. Yeah. yeah. And, and start so, retaliation. You don't have any rights. And especially if your employer doesn't have any workman's comp or the proper insurance, then you might not even be able to file for unemployment. You know, it's just a lot of issues going on with worker safety. Exactly. Thanks. You have been listening to Spotlight on lead poisoning from Southern United Neighborhoods. If you would like to help prevent lead poisoning, please visit our website at southernunitedneighborhoods.org or give us a call at 1-800-239-7379.